Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lily Moms. Lily Moms stands for life in the little years, and here we explore what it means to mother with the gospel in mind. Christ never meant for us to live without community, and here at Lily Moms, we strive to help you build your village and your faith. This year's theme is to gather and grow, drawing from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, which says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We hope you can find this a relevant and helpful theme for you no matter where you are. Whether you're listening in from afar or listening to the meetings over again just to refresh your memory, we are grateful for you. Thanks for listening in, and we pray that this episode brings you encouragement today. So we have the wonderful privilege of hearing from Michelle Wilson this morning. Um, I totally forgot all the things that you sent me in your little blurb already because my phone is over here. But Michelle has been married to her husband Greg for about 21 years. They have two kids, Marley and Zach. Here, I'll show you their lovely picture. Um, which this is obviously an old picture because now Greg's hair is like past his shoulders. <laughs> so I don't know when this picture was taken. But uh, if you see him now, it's, his hair is a little longer than this. Um, but Michelle works here at North Wayne. She works with, um, she's an advocate for domestic abuse victims. Um, and so that is one of her passions. Her other passion is holding babies. So if you ever see Michelle and you have a baby, you, I used to do this, you can literally walk up and be like, hey, how are you doing? And just hand her a baby. She will all love So, um, yeah, she's just going to be talking about Christmas and this season and how to make it special, how to enjoy it, how to not get bogged down by you know, feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you've got to get all the things done to make Christmas perfect. Um, so, I, without further ado, will let her let her go from there. Thank you. 
just do your best. Do what matters for you. What's best for you? And we had a book club every summer when we read typically a parenting book or some kind of homeschool education long book. Um, and we read this one book. It's the only one that's really stuck with me after all these years. And it's by an author. And his name is Kim, like K-I-M, John Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. And it's called Simplicity Parenting. Um, he is not a believer, so don't open this book and feel like, oh, I'm going to have some great truths about God and how for me a great mom. He's not a believer. He's an educator and he's a counselor. Um, he's Australian. Um, and I wish that I'd had this book when my baby was little. Um, because he focuses on how to keep things simple in your home, in your life, in your schedule with the toys and the meetings and the obligations. And it was a game changer for me. So I did order a couple of them, hoping they would get here <coughs> right now so I could give them away, but they didn't. So when they get here, I'll give them to Erica and she can get them out later. Um, but I'm going to start um, with traditions around the holidays. So just show of hands, how many of you grew up in a family that had a lot of traditions around the holidays? Seriously. 
I put reminders on my calendar to remember to get tickets. And I have endured cold and damp December air for what felt like hours to sit in a hayride through a farm or walk through a park or ride a train or sit with Santa. I did all of this and my baby girl remembers none of it. <laughs> none of it. She remember, I said, you don't remember any. She goes, oh, do you remember this one time when we were at Nanny and Papa's, my parents in Nashville, and she said, and there's that one house, and I was like, are you you remember the one house that was close to my parents that we literally pulled over on the side of the road and looked at? Like, none of the other, like, things. She didn't remember any of it. So, I'm hoping this year, I told her we were going to put on pajamas, we're going to make hot chocolate, she's going to sit her honey in my car, and we're going to drive around. I'm hoping this year, because of your last Christmas at home, that, that she'll remember this one. <laughs> So, back to the book about um, simplicity parenting. One of the things that it really helped me do was pare down Christmas. Um, we decided years ago, each kid gets three presents. We're good. Jesus only got three. Kids are not bad. <laughs> Why should they get one? My kids are blessed to have two sets of grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. So, in the beginning, it was like presents were just like, I swear, I'm going to bed, they were like rabbits. I'd wake up the next morning, and there'd be more stuff coming out of the tree, and it was bananas. And so what I learned to do was that if my kids only had three, it was cherished. They took the time. Because before, it was like they would rip open one gift and throw it aside and rip open the next one and throw it aside and rip open the next one and throw it aside. And they get to the end and they'd be bummed out that wanted something else to rip open. But they hadn't even noticed what they had gotten. They hadn't taken the time to appreciate the gift and the giver. And it really bothered me. And so I have some friends and family that do um, the four gifts, like um, something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. And I'm like, that's really good too. Because um, I think books are an amazing gift. I love to get books. Um, so for us, that was a game changer. Um, because it drastically decreased the amount of stuff coming into my house. Because there, the more stuff we had, the more anxious I got. Because it was just like stuff everywhere. You know, like the windows and the toys and the toolbox and all the stuff. Um, so I also had like two or three or four boxes of toys that are rotating. <coughs> We have one box of toys and books. And that's what they had for a couple months. I put the next one up in the attic, bring the next one down. And it was like all new toys and books again. And it kept, like, it was easier to clean up because we only had one box. So they weren't overwhelmed with, like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff on the floor. Can you get all it? No, there's just one box. Clean it up. Let's go. It was, it was, a, big, it was a big help for us. Um, so since I traveled all the time as a child, holidays, we decided it was important for us to be at home, to not travel at Christmas. Um, we wanted our kids to wake up in their own beds, to have the luxury of opening their gifts and playing with their new things without being rushed out the door to see family. Family's always welcome, the door is always open, but we are home <coughs> Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Now, I don't know what your in-laws are like, you might get some pushback. Your parents might even push back on 
best advice I've ever received as a parent from one of my sisters in law. She said, You are the mom. You get to make the rules. You get to change the rules if you want to. No one else gets a vote, and no one else gets to be told. There are going to be people who want to vote, and there's are going to be people who want to try to be told. That needs to be white noise. It doesn't matter. You're the one who's responsible for your kids, and you get to do what is best for them. So, just do what's best for you. You absolutely cannot make everyone happy, even your children. And so, don't place that expectation upon yourself. So, I did want to give just a little caveat, a little bit of a detour about Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and all that. I do not have a theological stance on this. I don't think it's right or wrong. I grew up in an atheist house, and so my mom did Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and all that stuff. So I just, we just did it, because that's what I did. And so we just did it. Never had a discussion about it. Never thought about it. Nobody ever asked me why we did it or why we didn't do it. We just did it. And so when Marley, my daughter, who's 17, was about 8 or 10 years old, I think her brother told her that Santa Claus wasn't real. And she was crushed because she point blank came to me and asked me, is Santa Claus real? And I told her the truth. Did you hear what I just said? The truth. She was devastated. It had never occurred to me. She asked me, why did you lie to me? And I was like, oh I mean, I cried. Because I, I was like, I didn't even consider the fact that she would take this as a line to her. I was trying to have fun, traditions. Um, so it was hard for us, and I was, it's probably one of my biggest regrets as a parent. That doesn't mean if you do Santa Claus that your kid's going to react the same way. Don't hear that. I just wish that <laughs> that was way ahead of me had shared a story like that with me while my babies were little so that I could have made a better decision. Because it never occurred to me that maybe, maybe doing Santa Claus isn't the best thing for my kids. You do what you're supposed to do. Um, I do love to cook for the holidays. Um, we often have neighbors and friends over who can't travel. Um, my mom worked as a nurse, and she worked in a hospital. And so we went to the hospital and we either work the day before, or the day of, or the day after our holidays. So that doesn't give a lot of room for travel. So we always have it work friends from at our house for every holiday. <clears throat> and so I just wanted to encourage those of you who are hosting for the holidays, if people offer to bring something, let them. You don't have to do it all. God's not in heaven with a checklist saying, oh my gosh, you did not make this with this this year. He doesn't care <laughs> who makes the sweet potatoes. Or if nobody does offer, you can just say, hey listen, Who's good at sweet potatoes? I need you to do that. Who's good at mashed potatoes? I need you. Or if they offer, say, hey, you know what? Just bring your favorite thing. Whether it's a side dish or dessert, just bring it. Because you know you're going to have enough food. And allowing people the opportunity to bring something makes them feel included. It makes them feel trusted. And it gives them some responsibility. And they want to serve. You know, when somebody asks me to bring something, I'm like, of course I will. You're going to feed me. Yeah, I'll come. Um... And then, okay, I do guard Christmas morning. Um, 
when the kids get up, uh, they, they come in our room, even now, and pile in our bed, and Greg reads the story of the birth of Christ. And then every year, I still do this, even though my kids are nine, seventeen. I go downstairs first, and I take a video of them coming down the stairs. I don't know why I think that's so great. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, maybe I'll put all those together, and it'll be a comp- I'll never do that. <laughs> put that together like a compilation of every year of them coming down the stairs. Um, but we just open presents. If it's cold, we build a fire. Um, we start eating all the candy out of our stockings, because that's my favorite part. <clears throat> and we have a very slow-paced day. Um, we often have naps before and after lunch, but we don't obligate ourselves to anyone or anything, and it is lovely. So, who does Christmas cards? Some of y'all Christmas cards? Okay. Okay. I used to do Christmas cards, um, and I finally quit. <laughs> because I was making myself... Crazy. And I was making, my, making myself feel like such a failure because I could rarely get the cards out before Christmas. And, and it made me feel like such a loser <laughs> that I couldn't even get this done. Um, but my kids played basketball for years when I was old, and Marlon's still playing. So basketball is from basically October to March. And when we homeschool, you homeschool, you, you do all things. So, Greg and I were often taking kids to practices two or three nights a week, and then taking teammates with us, or taking teammates home, and then we had games two or three or four nights a week, and, and we're talking games an hour away. So, it was totally normal for us to leave the house at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and not get home until like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I didn't have any time. Um, so, finally, Finally, I decided, I just can't do Christmas cards. And it's okay. It's not a requirement. Nobody's going to care. I mean, seriously, they're going to hang on somebody's refrigerator or sit in a card holder during the season, and then where are they going? The trash. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I could count on Sarah Beth. The trash I have on. Um, yeah, I mean, who's going to say that? Probably grandparents. You will. I do. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> does. Kelly's really got boxes in her attic. <laughs> I do, I, I do save the Christmas cards. And I did this more when my kids were little. But it, people would send us cards. And at the end of the season, I would punch a hole in the corner. And I had a big ring. Stick them on the ring. And when we had dinner, we would, whoever was on that card, that family at night. And then at the end of the year, I throw them away. They're still going in the draft. <laughs> um, so it was very freeing to take that off my feet. Um, but then I was like, I kind of still miss it. Like, I still want to do it. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, Almost everybody gets a Christmas card, even if it's from your dentist. Somebody gets a Christmas card. Everybody gets a Valentine's card. I have friends who are single. They don't get Valentine's cards. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. So I did Valentine's cards. But even that, y'all, I can't get it done every year. I don't think I did it last year. I'm not even sure I did it the year before. So I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I don't let that 
Because, <laughs> you know, and they're big. They're not cute little like y'all. I mean, they are cute, but they're big. <laughs> um, I just want to also be honest and transparent about how much of a slacker I am when it comes to this. I still have not mailed my son's graduation announcements from June. Still. And I'm like, you know what? That could be a good People think it's a Christmas card. I mean, he's finishing his first semester in college, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm hoping to get them out this month. So the biggest thing I wanted to encourage <coughs> is just start to say no. Start practicing. I know you're good at it. Authors and preschoolers, I know you say that. <laughs> but it's easy to say it to little people. It's harder to say it when people ask you to do something. Like serving in church in multiple different areas or watching someone else's kids. Just because someone asks does not mean you should say yes. Because here's the thing, y'all. People are going to ask those of us they think and say yes. Because they don't want to have to beg it. So they're going to come and ask those of us who are yes women all the time. But here's the thing. It's perfectly okay to say, oh, thank you for asking. Listen, I need to check my schedule. I'm going to pray about it, and I will get back to you in 72 hours. 72 hours? You, whether you prayed about it or not. You email our response. Are you happy to do this or, or, you, or can't do this? And here's the thing, y'all. No is a complete sentence, and Aunt my, or Aunt Dottie says, a grown woman does not need to justify or explain her no. No, I can't do that. You don't have to have an excuse. You don't have to say anything else. No, I can't do that. I'm sorry. The last somebody else. It's not your responsibility. It's okay. It's fine. Um... But just learning to say no has given me so much freedom. Um, because often when I was in your stage of life, people would ask me to do things and I would say yes, yes, yes to everything. And inevitably they would all come in the same week. And then I would be frantic and frustrated and overscheduled and overworked. And it was miserable. It was miserable for me. It was miserable for my husband. It was miserable for our kids. So just learning to say I just can't. We have limits. We are physical beings, and we have physical limits. And that is God's gift. It's God's gift. And if you want to have a really good teaching about this, Marie Burris did a wonderful teaching at the Brooklyn um, Women's Ministry Retreat. It's last week about our bodies and the limits that we have. And it's so, so good. So I would encourage y'all to just get on the website and find that. Um, it's really good. So I remember how busy this season of life is. Y'all have constant, like, physical demands. Someone is always climbing on you, always touching you, always wanting your boob, always wanting something. Like, there's net you can't sit down because somebody might get scissors and try to cut an electrical cord. Or I have one who we called him the Quiet Ninja. He would escape. Like, it didn't matter what we did. He'd be gone out the front door. And I understand that you don't have time to sit. I understand. But learning to say no now to other things is going to help 
going to get busier. And then my sister-in-law told me that when Zachary was like 18 months old and tears welled up in my eyes. And I was like, that's the meanest thing you've ever said. <laughs> my sister-in-laws are amazing. I mean, they like, yeah, they're, they're the sweetest people I know. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's going to get busier. Because your kids are going to go to school or you homeschool or whatever you choose to do. But they're going to get involved in extracurriculars. And then you're going to have friends. And you're going to be driving all the time. You, you have no free time. And, and friends, it's a very lonely time having teenagers who are growing and involved in things. Because you don't have time. You're too busy carting people all over the, the area making sure they get to where they need to go. You don't have time. So, one of the things that will help you the most in these coming years is developing the relationships with other moms. These women next to you are going to play vital roles in your life and in the lives of your children in the coming years. And I'll tell you how I know. The last few years having a teenager, there have been great times. They're amazing. And it's also like, you know. And there have been some things that have been rough. And I have a friend named Carrie who was my discussion group leader. When I, was lost. I thought she hated me. But we got to be the best of friends. Carrie's the polar opposite of me. She's tattooed, she's pierced, her head is shaved, she's very artistic, she's very um, opinionated, she just is loud. I mean, she just is the opposite of me. And, but my daughter thinks Carrie is the bee's knees. I have a group of moms that were either in this space with me or moms that I homeschooled with. Y'all, these are the women who save my life when it comes to mothering. Because when things get bad with my daughter, I can be like, you need to call Carrie. I need you to go to Carrie's. Because she can go to Carrie, and Carrie can talk to her and say the same thing I've said a thousand times. But when it comes with Carrie's mouth, with Carrie's words, and Carrie's nose ring, and all her tattoos, <laughs> it's totally different. And Carrie can confront my daughter about things and like call her on the carpet and walk around and get mad at her. So it saves me. And it's also this amazing group of women that my kids know and love. And they love my kids. They, they love my kids. And so my kids know they have this amazing group of moms. If I'm not around, one of them is around somewhere. So they have a safe place. And that's a gift, y'all. So I know building relationships right now, building relationships is hard. People are difficult. People are opinionated. They get their feelings hurt. Dig through it. Don't be easily offended. Because these relationships that you're building right now will become so life-giving as your kids get older. So, you said other words. Okay. Let's see. Okay. I want you to be kind to yourself. I want you to not be afraid to ask for all of us are struggling. You might look at me and think, wow, she's been doing this for almost 20 years. She's got it together. I know nothing. I know less now than I did when my kids were born. 
And the thing is, y'all, women in this room, they're suffering. Either there's some kind of physical illness they're dealing with, some kind of mental illness that's plaguing them. They might be facing amazing suffering in their marriages. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Remember that. Remember that. So treat each other with the most kindness, with the most that we just don't know what's going on in some people's lives. And we might not know for years. So be kind to each other and be kind to yourself. Okay, this is another nugget that was told to me again by one of my sisters-in-law. They're amazing. I wish y'all had them. Um, I'm not share them with you. Um, I want you to hear this. Your children are not your report card. Yes. That's right. <laughs> they are not your report card. You are responsible for your parenting. You are. You're responsible for the choices that you make. But you are not responsible for the sins and the choices of your children. <clears throat> My mom stopped me Sunday morning and she said, I'm so embarrassed.
Father, you are a tender and loving Father. <laughs> Eternally and above all else, you are a father to your son in perfect relationship with your spirit. And you love our babies far, far more than we could ever love them. Thank you for the opportunity to, to allow us to love so deeply as we learn to mother, for giving us a glimpse of your love. Thank you for friends who are becoming family and sisters and safe places to land. Father, I ask that your voice, your voice, the Spirit's voice, will be the loudest in their heads and their hearts. Father, I pray that the lies of the enemy will be quickly shut down. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind these moms that they are seen by you and they are loved by you. And you delight in your daughters just as we delight in our children. Father, you care for them in the sweetest of ways. I pray for the friendships that are being made in this room and for these women to remember that the time and hard work it takes to build relationships is worth it. That they are worth the fight. I pray that conversations this morning will honor you. They will honor each other. They will bring relief from the pressures of motherhood in this busy season. So Jesus, we love you and we praise you for your goodness. Amen. Thanks, ladies, for being here with me this morning. And that concludes our talk for this week from Michelle Wilson about Christmas holiday stress. We really hope the talk was really helpful for you guys and y'all were able to learn from this. If you have any questions for us or Michelle Wilson, you can email us at nwlilymoms at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer any of those questions for you guys. Uh, Michelle, she did leave some questions for everyone to discuss after the talk. So if you'd like to look over the questions maybe think about some things from the talk. We'll go ahead and give those to you right now. Our first discussion question is, what are holiday traditions you remember from your childhood? Number two is, what emotions are surrounded with those memories? Number three is, are there traditions you've started in your family? What do those traditions mean to you? And what do you hope they mean to your children? Number four is, do you feel pressure to check boxes and check lists to ensure you have met those expectations of yourselves or others, such as Christmas cards, Santa pictures, etc.? Number five, have you considered taking inventory of your day-to-day -day schedule and holiday schedule to evaluate what is necessary, what is life-giving, and what is a burden? Number six, what would happen if you said no to the life-draining burdens? Number seven, do you think that your children are your report cards? That's it for our discussion questions. Thank you, ladies. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to hit the notification or follow buttons for future episodes. These are recordings of our in-person meetings at North Wake Church. You can find us on Instagram at the user NW, as in North Wake, Lily Moms, all one word, NW Lily Moms. Or you can find us on Facebook at North Wake Lily Moms Playdates, where you can find information on all our local gatherings in Wake Forest, North Raleigh, and the surrounding areas. We hope that you will find us and join us. And thanks again. Have a wonderful day.